What is up, wrestling fans? We just got done watching WWE Extreme Rules 2022, and we're here to present you with another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Guy Moments Smack Talk podcast. I'm Tony Mango, Robert is with me. I see people in the chat. We're going to get into a lot of stuff here. What's up, Rob? I, it's a mixed bag of emotions tonight, Tony, but coming out of that ending, I'm about as high as one can be. Even more than Riddle? <laughs> Maybe not as much as Riddle or Rob Van Dam, who was referenced tonight in the ring here. Yeah, shrug. Uh, we see that we've got Marco in the chat. Uh, we've got Peter. We've got Brandon. we got Sniper God. We've got Marquise. we got Frankie. we got, uh, you know, everybody's so, so coming in here. here. The gang the, is here. The, the gang is here. Callum's not here, but that's because he's sleeping because it's 4.30. <laughs> yeah, he must he have is. fallen asleep. Not too sure. Uh, he hasn't been feeling good anyway, so we told him ahead of time, hey, if you're not feeling enough for it, go to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about here, despite the fact that we had said going into this, you know, there's a lot of matches that don't have a whole lot of stakes to it. There aren't really a lot of titles on the line and, you know, those negatives that go along with it. There are some things that happen on this show that are very important going forward. We got a return of someone. We've got uh, actually, we got to return two people in this, and uh, we got a mascot getting beaten up, and we've got a title change, and so on and so forth. So as we go along here and we tell you the results of what happened, we're going to break down our thoughts on everything, and we want you to do the same. So all the people that are in that live chat right now, chat it up. I'll try to read up uh, some things here and there as we go along. If you're listening to this afterward and you weren't able to join us live and get your super chats in or whatever, then still leave a comment because I'm still going to read it afterward. So, uh, you know, let us know what you think. And for anybody that is on YouTube in particular, hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Do all that good stuff that you normally do for any YouTube channel that you want to support. You can also click that little thanks button. That helps out quite a bit to uh, help us out on the monetary side of things. There's also that little join button that you can see next to subscribe. And you should definitely click that even if it's just a dollar a month because that'll help us out in the long run a lot with the uh, just kind of even boosting the morale of everything. But if you are so generous enough to get to the dark cast tier or the pick a poison tier, and you can take advantage of those things too. And there are the same things you could find over on the Patreon. So as you can see up on your screen right now on YouTube, and you know, if you're not listening to this on the audio only streams, those are those kind of options on this marketplace, including the Redbubble and Public shops for merchandise. If you are so inclined to pick up a t-shirt or get like a, you know, duffel bag with things, there's a, there's a lot of different options on those things. You could just slap one of those logos on or whatever. And if you have any design ideas too, you'd be interested in, let me know and we'll try to work something out. But I see we got a super chat from Marquise over there. Thank you, Marquise. Saying I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a WWE show. Fourth sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> Things are changing, man. Things are changing. That's for sure. You know, I remember uh, a couple months ago, both WWE and AEW were in a completely different scenario than they are now. So you never know what the uh, the next day is going to hold. But we knew some of how this was going to play out, and you know, I mean, some of it ended up being a surprise in the good way. Some of it ended up being a little bit of a disappointment. You know, I am not sure where I would rank this as far as like a letter grade, but I still feel to be perfectly honest, like this was a very good C plus pay-per-view. I agree 
with the C plus ranking, I might knock it up to B. I think, let's be honest. Maybe B minus. I, I think the closing segment of this show will be replayed for years to come. Yeah. So, like, I th- I don't think you can put it lower than a B because of that. But there, there were some positives. There were some negatives. Definitely not as many positives as I personally would have liked. But I also really loved the energy of this show. What do you mean by the energy? Just the, like, the crowd in Philadelphia the, the and everything? The crowd was hot for everything except for Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Um, they had a great energy for the closing segment of the show. Michael Cole was maybe a little over the top at times, but definitely feels more human is what did is one of those times the uh that's your damn father <laughs> yeah like maybe it was a little over the top but it still had more emotion than it would have a few months ago and i i just thumbs up all around in terms of presentation changes except and this is a very me thing i don't like the color scheme of this show and i think mm-hmm. they overdid the purple and green tonight but that's neither here nor there you know, Caroline uh, brought it up, my wife, for those who don't know. She was like, oh, they're going with purple and green for this. And I was like, yeah, they changed it a couple of years ago. It used to be black and red and white, like pretty much their standard WWE colors at this point, which I still, to this day, there's something off about it to me that it's like, okay, black and silver and white and gray and all that stuff. And red is the WWE because to me, I mean, I grew up in new generation type of time frame. So I'm like, WWE is still kind of that blue and gold, you know, but, um, they don't do that anymore. But I was like, yeah, you know, they switched over to this like green and purple thing for extreme rules. And I never quite understood it. But Party boys. You think that's the inspiration behind it? Yeah. That's huh. all it is. Well, I don't like that then. <laughs> but, Although I, I'm gonna, so throughout the night, Michael Cole was giving history lessons he was bringing up some people here and there that like I didn't expect him to mention Sandman and Jack Swagger and all. Yeah, they he mentioned Sandman and Jack Swagger in what did he say 2010 was it? Mm, uh, I didn't catch him like the year or whatever he mentioned. Yeah, I thought that that was very weird. Um, he mentioned Sting and Vader. Like there was a lot of just like, hey, it's okay to talk about wrestling again. Like that's been a yeah. constant theme since Triple H took over, and I love it. Two people in the chat, Frankie and Michael, saying that uh, he had mentioned Sasha Banks. I didn't he catch did that. Sasha Banks. Yes, that was when um, when Bailey came out. He said she's all about big time wrestling. She's all about wrestling history. She had the first women's Iron Man match with Sasha Banks. Hmm. As you should, because it's like you're not going to really that lose happened. anything. You know, the whole idea of ah, if you don't mention it, then people won't know or whatever. They can Google things. <laughs> people aren't i was gonna say people aren't that dumb no i I don't want to go that far people are (laughs) people are people consistently prove how dumb they are in ways that you can't even imagine um ted's asking in the chat i know tony couldn't stand the fiend have you changed your mind about bray under triple h instruction i'm gonna hold i'm gonna hold off on my opinion about this for uh you know a a little hook to keep you guys (laughs) watching (laughs) i'll be mean like that um yeah, so I mean, the 
the way that the show was tonight with the environment and the energy that you were talking about, I know three people that went. I think I might know some other people that went. I just didn't get any confirmation that like more people went with those people. But um, I'm going to have to ask them what it was like there because it seemed like the Philly crowd was pretty much start to finish really into this event. And I'm honestly surprised that nobody ended up like uh, starting to fight or anything because <laughs> it's a Philly crowd. So, you know, when they have people battling out in the uh, fans and around all the other people in the arena, I'm like, oh, somebody's going to throw a punch or, you know, do something. But uh, they were more behaved than I was expecting. So uh, I'm proud of you, Philly. Um, I'll have to ask them, though. Since we're here, did you see the Wrestling 840 logo? Yeah, it's uh, it makes I sense. Could. But I, look, yeah, I don't, look, I don't like I it. Get, around a couple of years ago, they stopped doing the numbers and they started really leaning into the whatever the theme is of the location. Designs. Yeah. And I'm, I don't need a Liberty Bell. Yeah, I don't love the Liberty Bell thing, but I like how they have the XL on it. Oh, shit. I just noticed that they have the numbers back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Yeah. So that's a positive. But. Liberty Bell thing. Uh, I mean, I I'm a little bit of a stickler you know for like the traditional WrestleMania logo, but I also think that old WrestleMania uh, soundtrack score should not be Linda McMahon's theme. It should be the WrestleMania one, you know. So uh, traditionalist like that. You know what? I take it back just because they incorporated the numbers. <laughs> now you like it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> It's a that was a a long journey to get to where you like it. It's nowhere near. I like the Hollywood one. I think that one's good. My favorite um, one will always be uh, of the more recent ones is the 31. I really enjoyed just, hey, it's a play button because we're all streaming now. Okay. uh, I wanted them to put the 31 in the play button. (laughs) I think I wrote a whole article up about like ranking the WrestleMania logos or something. I don't know. Check that out on EWN. Do a search for it. Somewhere it's out there. I know I did some kind of like history of the WrestleMania logo thing. But, um, Extreme Rules is a different type of entity. And they made a point tonight to say the one night a year where every match is extreme. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take note of that because maybe that's a direct thing to be like, look, we want to do this going forward the way that it should have been where every match is extreme because that's how it started. It was every match on the card is supposed to have some sort of gimmick or stipulation to it. And then eventually WWE in typical fashion did the, okay, well, this is a stipulation, but it's not extreme. It's just that somebody has to kiss the other one's foot after the match or whatever, or, well, this is technically a stipulation because it's a handicap match. And then they got to the point where they're like, look, well, we had one extreme rules match on the card. Isn't that fucking good enough? And I hate that so much. So I'm very happy that they made a point to say that on this card and that they'll probably do that going forward. Cause I mean, at the very least, if you're calling this thing extreme rules and that's what it's supposed to be about, do the damn thing, you know, like don't do a, uh, a pay-per-view called Roy Rumble and be like, ah, we don't really need one of those matches. Do we? <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm all in on on this show. I think it was a solid show. And once I really looked at the card on paper, I was like, wow, this is actually putting your best foot forward. I think, with the exception of 
No Roman. Two things on the pre-show panel that I had noticed. One of them was uh, Kevin Patrick had said that this was the first strap match that they had had since 2013. I was I like, think I believe that. I was like, that, that doesn't seem right to me. I'm fairly certain that there's been one strap match in the past 10 years. It had Wait to have minute. been. Hold on. No, no, no. Wait a minute. That's not right. Brian and Brian and Wyatt at Royal Rumble before the pandemic. There you go. See? <laughs> so wrong about that, right? I was just like, there couldn't have been since 2013. Even if they do with that kind of thing where it's like, oh, well, it's not a strap match. It's like a, a match involving a strap. It's like not a strap match. But I thought it was weird that this ended the kickoff with a promo for Bobby Lashley. I don't think that's what ended the kickoff. I think what ended the kickoff is because those, those promos, they're, they're just sort of played, you know? So maybe it wasn't meant to be like it's going you're promoing Lashley at the end of the kickoff. Maybe it was kickoffs over. Here's this Lashley promo for Peacock. Just weird to me that it was like, we're going to talk about Bobby Lashley for a minute and hype up the United States title. Then it's like Bobby Lashley is like the almighty that it just cuts away. And I'm like, you know, he's not on the card, right? <laughs> That's kind of people did that shit where it was like, Oh, uh, they, they did a promo for Charlotte. I guess she's coming back. And it's like, no, no, they do this every month. She's not coming back. They just, this is what they do for Peacock. Well, they started off the actual show with the good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, which they made a point to say the textbook definition of Donnybrook. He's just pretty much like, Webster's Dictionary defines a Donnybrook as... <laughs> I thought it was funny that they did that. Um, I'm Googling right now old slang and phrases to try to use that I've never heard of before. Flub the dub is something. Uh, to give someone the wind. <laughs> don't sell me a dog was a fancy way of saying don't lie to me. <laughs> don't sell me a dog. What? Well, I'm not going to sell you a dog. And I'm going to tell you, this was a banger. They delivered. They delivered in every way here. I like watching these six go at it. Hey, you, uh, you're speaking out of your sauce box there. <laughs> <laughs> this made me a, a total giggle mug. <laughs> God, that's awful. I'm not going to keep doing these. Um, yeah, this is a fun match. Uh, they had these props ringside. There were these barrels and these like bar set kind of equipment at some point i heard i don't know what i had heard that was like what the, he actually had said but it sounded to me i was looking down at my food at the time i was eating some chicken parm so of course my attention was diverted elsewhere it sounded like somebody on commentary said that someone had picked up a bucket of nut sacks and yeah. i was like that can't possibly be right <laughs> of course and when i looked up i throughout the whole rest of the match i never saw a bucket of anything was there a bucket at any point in this and there was were barrels it, there were there was not a monk there was not a, a bucket not a monkey either <laughs> <laughs> i was looking at the old slag and i came across <laughs> monkey's uncle and i just <laughs> so that's how i always said monkey people used to call an umbrella a rain napper okay yeah <laughs> there's a whole there's 82 on this list there's no way i'm reading that thread 
Hump the swag? What? <laughs> to hump the swag means not what you think it means, but to carry your luggage on your back. Yeah, I'm glad we don't use that phrase anymore. Um, Donnybrook is not a phrase that I've said more than a few times in my life. Uh, it's not like on the list of, hey, it's a fight or something. Uh, I've said it more times, I think, at this point than Hootenanny or you know, one of those. But they had some fun with this stuff. They had some broken shillelaghs. They had a good clover leaf going on at one point. Seamus on uh, Gunther. Crowd was eating it up. Loving the, the boo, yeah, boo, yeah type of spot. And we got a finish here where the Brawling Brutes got the win, which I got wrong. Because I was just expecting Imperium gets the win. I'm still in that, like, this is how Vince McMahon would book it mindset. So I have to get out of that. But I'm pretty sure that if Vince was making the call here, he would be like, well, you got to go with Imperium because they're the heels and screw you. That kind of thing. But instead, Brawling Brutes get the win when they take out Gunther with a Celtic cross the table and they eventually are able to land a bro kick on Giovanni Vinci. And it's a lot of fun. The the finish of this match where they take out Gunther and the brawling brutes hold Vinci for the bro kick. It felt so logical and just like, it was just a happy ending in the opening match. Thumbs up. Probably the best match of the night for me. This was absolutely fantastic. A lot of positives in the chat right now. Sniper saying this was a good match to start off tonight. Brandon saying best match of the night uh, and loved this match. Sheamus is on a different level right now. Sheamus is so good right now. The run of his career. Yeah, he's really doing a. I can't think of too many veterans that have turned it around in the way that Sheamus has. That one way he was just like a generic WWE guy. And now he's just banger after banger after banger. And it's great. Like you love to see this guy getting his flowers while he still can. And big thumbs up for this match. I'm convinced whether it's on SmackDown, Crown Jewel, or whatever, Sheamus and Gunther will settle their rivalry in a steel cage. Let's see if you can guess this. What are frog sticks? Frog sticks. I'm going to say frog sticks are your legs. French fries, apparently. All right. I'm going to give you uh, like three or four more. We're going to keep this train going. Uh, What does it mean when you refer to something as hounds on an island? What is that? Very rambunctious and desperate individuals. Frank and beans. (laughs) What? If you order your meat uh, on the hoof, what is it? Oh, off the bone? Served rare. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, what is dog soup? Oh, God, Lord. Gravy. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Uh, the two other firms of this are City Juice and Adam's Ale. Some kind of is it specifically beer or is it some kind of other alcohol? Neither. Okay, what is it? Water. <laughs> so instead of okay. saying water, people used to say city juice or dog super. Then what are hey, these let phrases? Me get, let me get some of that city juice there, fella. Eh? Yeah, I'm gonna 
I'm gonna take a second here. I'm gonna take just a swig of <sighs> some good old dog soup right there. <laughs> Dan's for Peter in the chat. You like Seamus now, right? Yeah, Seamus has been doing. I mean, I, I didn't like Seamus at the beginning of his career. I didn't understand why he was winning the championship and beating John Cena and doing all that. But he he won me over a few years uh, after that. Pretty much after the constant matches with Alberto Del Rio. And over the past years, ever since like prior to the bar, I would say, Seamus has been, you know, two thumbs up. This is definitely the best part of his career. When Seamus came on TV. Yeah. And I think with the bar and beyond, he's one of my favorite guys in the ring. <laughs> I see that Ted's been uh, trying to answer these to Chick fil A fries, McDonald's fries, Frank and Peas just brought. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, uh, I, I kind of want them to continue these old school terms just to keep this joke going, but we won't go. <laughs> we spent off two hours talking about that. Um, good opener match. Again, nothing on the line, but that's okay for you know a, a B level pay per view or whatever. We eventually got three segments of this, but we'll talk about all three of them right now, just because why not? Backstage, they did a whole thing with The Miz, and he had been interviewed with uh, Megan Morant, talking about the Monday Night Raw celebration that's coming up, his birthday, everything, and he bumps into Gritty. For those who don't know who Gritty is, Gritty is the Philadelphia Fly- uh, Flyers mascot, which is kind of like if you took the Philly Fanatic and merged him with like the Samoa cookie and gave him Coke. <laughs> <laughs> like this character immediately when it came on the scene, when people are like, here's the new mascot, everybody was like, don't let it around your kid. <laughs> you know, like so this dude looks fucking whacked out. So it seemed like it was going to be Dexter Loomis inside of that. And he gives the Miz a t-shirt and he stomps on it and they carry this on throughout the night. You know, they pop back up here and there and it eventually leads to the Miz just beating it up, which I'm like, all right, yeah, good. You know, take that gritty, you weird looking fucker. And then Dexter Loomis pops up behind the Miz. He's not in the suit. He chokes the Miz out, puts him next to gritty who gets helped back up and then kicks the Miz just for, you know, good measure. The Miz was like nearly in bootleg Jim Carrey mode here. Like he the facials, the overreacting. <laughs> yeah, like full full Jim Carrey. Uh it's fine, but I think the wrestling critics and the wrestling fans at large are now on the same page. Get to the fucking point. Why is this happening? Why are they feuding? What is the issue? What is? Why are we cheering the man who's stalking this poor man's wife and children? Like, get to the point. I still maintain this should have been some sort of gimmick match for Extreme Rules. Anything. Even if they would have just gone in the direction of like a regular match around the ring, but with some kind of a gimmick to it, it should have been on there. I don't think that this makes up for it. But I did chuckle at it because the incorporation of Gritty in there was something that I wasn't expecting. So The first usage of Triple H is an on-screen authority. Because all night, Miz kept going, I'm going to talk to Triple H about this. And then he showed up outside his office. 
True. And that's where it ended. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, he popped up on SmackDown, but it was just, hey, welcome to the premiere. Think he's going to pop up on Raw? Well, he is on Raw. They're celebrating DX. Oh, that's he's right. Like, yeah. The main thing announced for Raw. To- totally forgot that that was supposed to be this week. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess he'll pop up as like DX Triple H or something. I'm thinking he's gonna, they're gonna confront the Bloodline, or the Bloodline will confront DX. DX. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely what's gonna happen. So Roman Reigns can say, "I have two words for you. Acknowledge me." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, but no, he's not gonna say, "I got two words for you, dog soup." Or you know, he's not gonna say dog soup. Um, I liked it. I I think it's fun. Miz is good. Like I, I look. I know a lot of people don't like Miz. Miz is great at his job. It's just explain what's going on here because now it's getting old, and I just kind of want to move on. Yeah, since they're in an era where they can't make as many crass jokes as they used to, looking up these old timey <laughs> phrases for <laughs> male genitalia and anatomy. They could use the phrase instead of you know. Um, I got two words for you. Suck it. They can talk about their gentleman usher, the staff of life, the Cyprian scepter, the maypole, (laughs) master John Goodfellow. (laughs) If they want to refer to the female anatomy, you can throw out a reference to Mount Pleasant or Mrs. Fubbs Parlor. This might become a recurring thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Peter suggesting that Miz and Dexter Loomis uh, might have had a steel cage match, but the fight pit killed it. I wouldn't think necessarily a steel cage. No, just do a house of horrors. Like, just do. You can do a cinematic match with Dexter. It doesn't matter that it's the pandemic, hmm. yeah, or that it's not the pandemic. Like, just do something. Sniper tosses out the idea of false count anywhere. There's nothing that stands out to me that seems like, okay, this is what it's screaming they to be. They had the strap match in the sense that, like, okay, Miz can't run away. But in order to do that, you need to establish, why are you after him? Yeah, they really need to, at least in some fashion, say, the Miz is the target because blank. And, and blank could literally be anything. Just get to the blank. Yeah, I mean, right now they're probably sitting there going, don't you worry about blank. <laughs> I'll worry about blank. Blank! Blank, you're not like the the big picture. <laughs> good drama is such a good show. Yeah, underrated as well. Uh, Frankie brings up backlot brawl. Um, maybe we get a boiler room brawl or something. Yeah, something like that. That would have been great. Yeah. Speaking of great, and then moving on from it, the Extreme Rules match <laughs> SmackDown Women's Championship. This, this was was oh my god! This was sloppy this was this had zero energy from the crowd it's like they were just booing both women it sounded um, to me like they were positive for live but they definitely the entrance but they definitely moved on quickly they were definitely very anti ronda and uh some of the notes that i had written down on here morgan came out looking like a star like she had this you know purple and green ring gear on she had this bat that was all tricked up with like you know this like little chain to it or barbed wire or whatever the she hell it was supposed decide to be whether she was doing like joker riddler harley she was just like yeah. all of it <laughs> yeah the the 
Riddler jacket with the Harley Quinn vibe and the Joker colors and she all She definitely that. had like some kind of question mark on her jacket. It seemed like it, yeah. Like old school Riddler from the uh was it like the third Batman animated series or something rather than we're talking like Frank Warshin or anything. Um But yeah, that was the thing. Uh the start of this made no sense whatsoever because she has this bat and as soon as she gets into the ring, she puts it she off puts to the side down. and decides to pose and then squares up with Rhonda and immediately tries to get the bat. And it's like, well, then why the fuck did you drop the bat? This you gave her the option the, to just go over and pick it up. One of the match, one of the uh, issues with this match I have is the lack of logic. Like she, Liv Morgan keeps, I don't know. Am I going to hit you with the fucking hitter? The, mm-hmm. the hitter, if it was real, you would just pick up the fucking bat and slug it at her. Come on. Yeah, that made no sense. There was a spot in this where Morgan's got the bat and Rousey throws her gi that she had worn to the ring at uh, Morgan with the idea in mind that if this would have been executed well, it would have been, I throw this thing at you and you're temporarily blinded and you take a second to take that off of your head, which gives me a moment to grab a weapon and hit you with it. And then you drop the bat. That's what they were going for. And instead Rousey took so long to get her whatever whip or strap or whatever that she had going on that Morgan had to basically fumble with the gi for like an extra three or four seconds and look like she had no idea of how she could take that off. So she looked absolutely stupid, which is not necessarily her fault. It's an impromptu. You just got to go with it and improv that you can't do this for some reason while you wait for this person to set up their thing. And then she basically takes it off and washes Rhonda get a weapon and hit her because at that point you're past the point of, I can't fumble with this for 20 seconds straight. So that was bad. And then they followed it up pretty soon afterward with this even worse thing where they wedged a chair between the top oh, and the middle yeah. turnbuckle and then it falls out and they continue to do what the planned spot was, which was that Morgan would like fall backward and then yeah, she, kick. She's done this before. So it's the move. It's kind of like a surfboard where she falls back with her feet in the person's back, and then that would lunge Rhonda theoretically into the corner post where the chair was. Yeah, it's like a backstabber that pushes you forward. However, there's no chair there, which wasn't necessarily the whole problem, because I think what happened was Rhonda realizes there's no chair there and then refuses to go. It seemed like that was the case. Like She decided, well, I guess we're not doing that anymore, and then Morgan falls thinking... I guess we're just going to do it anyway. Why aren't you going? Yeah. So So she just basically falls and then they start to do it all over again. Yeah. And it was just like, this match was really clunky and I wasn't, I wasn't a fan at all. I will say this, the senton through the table, clean, nice, smooth break right through the center. Uh, Liv Morgan looked like she was having the time of her life. Um, I was happy to see her get locked in the armbar and eventually, like, laugh while passing out. And her her uh, eyelash completely came off her face, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, this is fine. Ronda's champion, as she should be. Boo. All is right in the world going into Survivor Series. Ronda and Shayna should join Damage Control for War Games. 
this is very you try to have your cake and eat it too you don't want morgan to lose but you have to have her lose because you're clearly going with Rhonda, and she doesn't tap out but she passes out and she's you know hey kid you look like a badass when you lost anyway it doesn't undo the fact that she had a pretty lackluster title reign and i don't think that these apologists that are going to be coming out for sure guaranteed that will start saying oh Liv morgan had a good run no she didn't guys come on i like Liv morgan you she can had a you can like than i expected her to i'll say that you can like somebody and say that they had a bad title reign this is the issue that we've had with champs giving in the past where people are like oh stone cold is the best champion of every title that he won and it's like no he didn't necessarily have the best title reign for every uh, one of his belts but I, I bet you if we put down for instance like champs giving uh who is the best million dollar champion of all time people will probably vote austin and the ringmaster yeah. because they just like him and that's not what you should really do but People are, you know, we established at the beginning of this. <laughs> and I think that Morgan's run was good. They should, they should have never had her cash in so early. She should have never cashed in on Rhonda. She looks, she comes out of this better, but by no means is she like an established main event star or anything. Well, like Frankie says in the chat, he's big question. Is this, uh, does Liv bounce back and win something down the road? Or is nope. this it for her? And I go, well, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to say no. I, that sh- I shouldn't say no right off the bat, but I feel like knowing what we know about names like Nikki and even on the men's side, like a uh, Otis won money in the bank and he's Otis, you know, mm-hmm. or even like even the Miz. Yeah. And, and I mean, for God's sakes, Miz beat Cena at Mania and even he couldn't overcome his own aura, you know? And I think that Morgan is basically in that same range where they gave her a bad cash in. You know, she didn't just beat Rhonda. She barely beat Rhonda. And then she had this fluke win and then she barely beat Shayna Baszler and then she lost. So I don't see what the great title reign is here. And that's not a knock on Liv Morgan. That's a knock I, on her booking. I, I hope I, that I'm wrong here, though. I hope that they keep her energy up. I'm using the term energy a lot tonight. I hope <laughs> that they keep her, you know, keep her hot, keep her like Becky in 2016 when she lost the SmackDown title did have some growing pains for two years. But as long as, you know, you can get Liv Morgan to a place where she can stay at least upper mid card, I think we're okay. She is in a spot right now that. And I'm not saying that they should do this because I don't think that they have the room for it. But if there were women's mid-card titles, she would be the champion. I agree. Like It'd probably be like her and Raquel would be the two champions right now. I think she should be one of the three or four main focal points going into the women's Royal Rumble. Hopefully they'll keep her in that range at least. But I do agree with... Yeah, Frankie bringing it up. He said, you know, Tony, I know you're against Becky versus Rhonda, but we technically didn't see it. And I think it's justified for me. It's going to happen. So be prepared. Listen, I I flat out said this. If they do not do this, that's the most money on the table that you could ever leave in terms of a woman's match. 
Yes, I, by the time we get there, listen, I think it's a shame that by the time we get there, it would have been nearly five years since people wanted to see it, but you have to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, believe me, I'll run it down enough times. We're going to run the, it down so much you know, between Feather and March. I'll just say this. I care less and less about seeing it as time goes on and Ronda Rousey winning this belt tonight didn't change that opinion. If anything, maybe still firmly more in that range. That's WWE's fault because it should have happened four years ago. They should have been the one on the main event. Charlotte didn't need to be added, but that's another story for another day because we will have time to break that down. I'm sure going into media. I mean, if, uh, if I can think of a single WrestleMania rematch that I wanted to be at WrestleMania, I would say it because there's not any coming to my mind. Like you mean just, just like at this upcoming WrestleMania Uh, at any of them. Like, I don't think that the rock and John Cena needed to have two matches. I don't think that I especially don't think that undertaker and triple H should have had three matches at WrestleMania. I don't think, Shawn Michaels should have had that second match with Undertaker. I think it should have been Shawn and Triple H. I um, was not That's looking. I was not looking forward to any you know, four whatever matches of Brock and Roman. I'd, li- I'd like to have a dark cast discussion one day about that Shawn and Triple H thing because I I feel very much the same way. Are you guys um, interested in that being a dark cast? Because we have we haven't done the dark cast for this month, so let we me can know. absolutely do it. Uh, let me go write this down as a possible note. Uh, dark cast. I don't like rematches. <laughs> Relates versus HPK. Uh, <laughs> maybe we do that next week. That was kind of our plan was to potentially do that. I will say um, to address this, I, we didn't talk about this on the hot tags and I, uh, because we didn't get an opportunity to, because it didn't happen yet. But on SmackDown this past night, we had this little thing with the Viking Raiders. It was like this tease and this woman talking. I'm assuming that Sarah that's Sarah Logan. Logan. Well, yeah. I mean, this woman, it was who looks like that. Who looks like that and hangs around the Vikings? It was Sarah. Right. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, it's 99% sure, but who fucking knows? Maybe they end up just being like, yeah, it's Mei Yang. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, uh, Sarah Logan coming back could give Liv Morgan something to do. Probably you'll end up being who she feuds with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she'll be teaming with her. I think she'll be feuding with her. Frankie says, I remember way back when Tony said Barrett should have faced Undertaker one of those years he faced Triple H. And I still yeah, totally agree. Yep. That's definitely, uh, I think it should have I mean, been that. I'm not going to sit here and say that they went the wrong way with Triple H that year, but like Barrett, it should have been Barrett. I think Undertaker Sheamus should have happened too. to um, go back to the thing about me being positive on Sheamus. Hmm. What's the Cameron Grimes or LA Knight comment from? That's not from the Sarah Logan thing, right? <laughs> I hope not. Cause that's Sarah. Uh, that's not Sarah Logan. It's Cameron Grimes. Yeah, that's Cameron Grimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we got a new SmackDown Women's Champion. It's Ronda Rousey, which pretty much means, hey, let's just skip to Mania because that's basically what's going to happen. It's no, going to be Ronda. We, we have war games to get through. Once we yeah. get through war games, then we can skip to Mania. I'm not interested in anything that Rousey's going to be doing going forward. I can't think of anything that really stands out because the only thing that really would have been entertaining to me is if she would have fought Shayna when Shayna mattered and she hasn't mattered in like three years basically since uh what the um, beginning of 2020 yeah yeah since you so, moved up to main roster was a vampire yeah two years so pandemic comes around and shana basil loses all her credibility it's a shame 
But that match was rough to get through. Liv Morgan drops the title, and we're going to get some more Ronda Rousey pretending to be a babyface and getting booed or pretending to be a heel and still getting booed, but in the wrong way going forward. Brandon was expecting a Charlotte return. Um, I still think that she's going to come back by the end of the she'll year. She'll come back when she damn well pleases. I think she'll be back by the end of the year, but I don't really know when. I can see a pitch for her to participate in War Games. Yeah. I she's actually think she might not come up until after that. I mean, they might save that for closer to December. Or maybe they might just she wait until we're Rumble. It could be Charlotte Ronda day one. Yeah, you know, they could potentially do that. Hmm. Uh, Peter says yeah, Grindson Knight was from the best million dollar championship one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, following this match, we had the strap match, which uh, Caroline was disappointed that it wasn't a strap one match. I was like, yeah, that's not uh, this triple X uh, extreme rules. You know, I- I'll say this about this match. I looked at this and said, these two look like the most traditional main eventers to come through WWE in years. Not that this is the same vibe in like storyline or even caliber or whatever, but this has the same wavelength. I guess I could phrase it as, as diesel versus undertaker WrestleMania 12, where it's like, Hey, these are two big guys that are main event types and they're feuding with each other. Right. Now, match itself, I actually liked it. I find that I like strap matches more when they're not doing the four corners gimmick. Um, Pretty good, except for I didn't like the ending. Because, yes, I understand that, you know, McIntyre can't hit Scarlet, but to have to let her stand there and pull out something to hurt you makes McIntyre look weak. And yes... Again, different time, and you can't all be stone cold and, you know, stunning women or in the rock bottom on Stephanie. But, like, man, at least move her out of the way or attempt to, you know? Yeah, I, I can see what you're going with. And also, I just think it should have been the choke out. You should have used the strap to choke him out and get the win that way instead of hitting that Lex Luger four. <laughs> the does it even have metal plate? I know. I'm assuming they didn't do that because of the Liv Morgan passing out. And oh, later right, on, right. we had another submission. So that's, that's true. It's yeah, it's not the best, not the worst. It's, it was a match. That was fine. So where does cross go from here? I'm assuming they're going to have another match. I right, don't know what like, though. Like in general, because you know that, at some point, Drew's going to be the captain of the team opposing the bloodline. Yeah. Who is Cross going to feud with? Uh, my only guess at this point is Strowman. And then who wins that? Yeah, Strowman is a, as good of an option as I would assume that you've got. And it might happen more towards that mania. It might be something else along the way. I don't know. I, can I mean, see it being a Survivor Series day one match and then potentially maybe uh, you get cross out of that by having interference against Strowman, but we'll get there when we get there. If we get there. Yeah. 
at least he won here. Right he, call. You know, he needed to win. That I can say. There were pretty much no bad booking calls in my eyes, except for the match we're about to talk about, because we're going to have different opinions on this. But I hate that Bailey did not win the Raw Women's Championship from Bianca Belair. And my major takeaway was raining praise on Bianca Belair for being on par with the Four Horsewomen, where I was like, you know what? They really made a point to solidify her tonight as you are equal, if not superior, than those four. You're not on that the range right below them and where you can't quite break into that upper echelon. I don't think that this was as great as it could have been. And I think that they could have done some things better. And there is one element of the ending that I'm going to agree with you on. I think was a little bit overkill, but the match I thought was fun. There were some spots here and there that were like, eh, you know, whatever. Like uh, Bailey hurt herself more when the elbow drop. Yeah. The elbow drop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, they did some things, nothing that was, again, this is the way that most ladder matches are these days. Everybody goes nuts over, oh man, it's going to be a ladder match. It's going to be great. And most of them are kind of just meh. We don't really tend to get wow factor ladder matches anymore because they've done everything. And unless you're Kofi Kingston and you can just pull stuff out of your ass, then it's basically the same sort of moves. But Dakota Kai and EOS Sky rushed the ring towards the end. They were trying to help out Bailey. And instead of getting any help from anybody else, which they tried to make a point, they're like, ah, nobody's going to help her because Alexa Bliss and Asuka were taken out. Asuka was injured. Alexa, I mean, she's busy. Like, <laughs> he still got Raquel. You still got Shotzi. Like, yeah. Really kept Alexa away from the ring. <laughs> so I didn't quite like the idea to an extent that Belair was able to take out EO and Dakota and Bailey and retain the title and just, you know, strong arm three people that are probably going to be the focal points of the war games match. But I don't disagree with the idea that she retained the title. I do because I still think the end game is to put it on Bailey. And I think that this was the best spot to do it. You have every excuse in the book. You don't even have to pin her shoulders to the mat and you have her, kind of superwoman her way out of this, which on the one hand, yes, Bianca is the super athlete she claims to be. She's fantastic. She is a level. She is on par with the horsewomen. Everybody knows that, though. It wasn't like, oh, you didn't beat Bailey three times when you were SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, I just sort of feel like in the long run, while people might be giving this a thumbs up now, in the long run, I'm worried that she's going to become John Cena-esque. In <laughs> Ted that, in the chat says she's Cena of the women's division. <laughs> exactly, in that she can't lose. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And yes, the attitude there was different, and there were a lot of shenanigans because you were the TV mattered so much, and it was always about hooking you for the next week of TV. Yes, I understand that. But how are you going to tell me that you can't look at the picture here and go, all right, we will we'll throw everything at you and then you lose and then you can eventually win the belt back at some point. By having her win here, it's just like, cool, 
fuck Oscar, fuck Blitz, because she didn't meet him. She like literally damage control has been controlled, and yes, they can horseman the way out of this by like ne- never acknowledging that they lost and just say, you know, we're still better than you and get their heat back. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried that oh no, Bianca's gonna start to get Cena heat. Because yeah, we all love Cena now, but never for years forget, he was booed never constantly. Never forget that, like for a, almost a good decade, nearly a decade, it was like, I hate this guy. This guy always wins. Why can't this guy lose? And I don't want Bianca to start getting that reaction because she's too good for that. Know when to take the fall. And I'm not saying like she like outright refused to lose here, but you know know when it's good for her to lose. And I think it would have been really good for her to lose here because, okay, she won a ladder match. What, like, cool, that's another uh, check for her. But, like, what is she really gaining by winning this ladder match outside of, all right, damage control, I've seen you defeated already. Now now you have to work into how is Bailey going to get another match if she is going to get another match. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like you're giving yourself more work when you could have just said, oh, Bianca lost. But that being said, in reality, they're probably keeping her strong for Charlotte at WrestleMania. See, I am always reserving a little bit of hindsight potential where if they put the belt on Bailey. I'm going to fully agree with you. They should have just done it here. But if they continue on and they have some other kind of plan in mind, then I think maybe it's better to just keep it on Bianca. But I'm going to reiterate a point I said uh, earlier this week. I forget which podcast it was. One of the two that we (laughs) did this week of, I really feel like WWE is kind of just going, look, we've got like five things we want to do over the course of four months and we really should probably only have two pay-per-views and we should cram this all together, but we have to stretch it out. And I don't think that there are enough legs for this damage control thing to continue through the rest of this next month and crown jewel. And then into November with survivor series. Cause gonna, what are they going to do? Like you said, strap Bailey at crown jewel. And if they do that, then I'm going to fully go, you should have just done it in the ladder match. And if they do that, they shouldn't because she just lost. So why is she getting another title shot? Exactly. And that's why I'm saying no. Like, again, I'll use the Austin thing. Austin always had quick title reigns because he knew, hey, I'll get screwed out of the belt and then I'll come back and win it and people go crazy. And and I don't want to see, for instance, Bailey lose this this match. She had the previous match at Crash at uh, Clash the Castle, and then you get a match at Crown Jewel, and then you get the War Games match, and then you do another match. And then I don't you want, do another one because right, and then yeah, she wants okay, the title belt back. at day one or whatever. I don't want some seven month feud because I don't think that the story has enough to it. I'm okay with long feuds if the story has enough twists and turns, but I don't want a feud that goes on forever just because you have nothing else you want to do and. It's Bailey and uh, Bianca had a four month feud or whatever as it was before or felt like it at least where they were just saying Bailey gets another shot. 
I don't want to see that again. That was terrible. Don't just it's, keep giving her shots. It's going to be interesting to see who they weave into the story heading into war games because that's going to, you know, maybe play out who gets the shots at Bianca. But right now I'm saying I didn't like this decision. I think it does kind of give her that Cena heat, at least in my eyes. And if they end up putting the belt on Bailey, we're all going to look at it and go, meh, should have done it in the ladder match. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. I see in the chat that we've got some of the same kind of opinions, some of them, you know, here and there of, uh, I thought Sasha and Naomi might come out to help. That would have been oh, kind of fun. Talk about this. Nikita Lyons is in the crowd. Ron Breaker was in the crowd too. Yeah. That was interesting. They're just like, Hey, NXT, don't forget. <laughs> the, uh, there's a thing here. I'm worried Rhonda versus Bianca at survivor series. Uh, the fact that they're not doing the brand warfare thing means I'm expecting no champion versus champion matches. They could theoretically still just do it. But I fully expect Bianca to be involved in war games. Yeah, I still think so, too. But maybe she ends up fighting Rhea or something. I don't know. We'll see. We got some time. But retrospect will change some opinions, I'm sure. After that, we had the I Quit match, Edge against Finn Balor. Balor coming out wearing... Something that I equated to a couple different things. One of them being a uh, scrubber that I have in my sink right now. One of them being, of course, a gimp mask. One of them being the, uh, did he just see Hellraiser for the first time? <laughs> Caroline pointed out that there's like the exact same mask as in a trailer for American Horror Story. Which mm-hmm. I looked up the trailer for that. I'm like, yep, it's exactly the same. You're right. Uh, I'm not really feeling the new theme either. How are you feeling about this new presentation? The, the mask was fine, but because literally no other element of the presentation had changed from like the jacket or the pants, the mask just felt like a weird addition. So if he had added more to the jacket and the outfit, I could have gotten behind the mask because plenty of people did. Um, and the music, meh, but I don't like any of their music right now in WWE. That's yeah, true. Let's see. This, uh, what's was, this was wild. This was fun. Um, they got me good because this match was long, guys. This is a very long match. They fit in every bit of shenanigans that we could have asked for. They did do the spot with Beth while Edge was handcuffed to the ring. And Beth actually gets a baby face, come back on Rhea, unlocks Edge, and I'm like, oh, God, they're going to fucking put over <laughs> put Edge over the Judgment Day. And thankfully, Rhea Ripley knocks out Beth Phoenix, and they got back on track. But this match had a lot to it, including maybe the first time Dominic Mysterio had balls for five seconds <laughs> and just started beating the shit out of his dad. <laughs> that was an unexpected... You know, pop from me. Did he have balls or did he have a bucket of nut sacks? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, he was definitely showing his um, Master Johnson or whatever that was. <laughs> so, yeah, I forget whether it was a gentleman's something or other. 
Oh, I shouldn't try to laugh when I'm uh, breathing like that. Um, yeah, there's uh, the Frankie pointing out that that's your damn father. Michael Cole going a little nuts over that. Yeah, Michael Cole was pissed. But <laughs> admittedly, after what, like a month? This is the first time Dominic was just like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And just started beating up his dad, which was good. <laughs> we needed some of that. Yeah, I wasn't digging the Dominic stuff, but I was a fan of the Beth Phoenix spots. And we had mentioned this prior with our predictions part of the pay-per-view point that it was like, all right, something's going to happen where it's like Beth and or the girls are in trouble. And that's why he quits. And it was the right call. But even more so, I really liked that. They just went ahead and did the concerto. Like, yeah. all right, you're going to quit. All right, well, we do it anyway. Bang. <laughs> you know, I fully agree. And back, if they wouldn't have done it, I would have questioned what's wrong with them. I fully expected them to follow through. Uh, this is this was really good. I think like this is a match. I feel like Callum probably didn't enjoy. This is one of those like edges stuff goes a little long in the tooth, and I can agree with that. And it was, you know, a lot. But I think they made all the right calls. You're now looking forward to Beth Phoenix against Rhea Ripley, you know, and. That's something that they wanted to. They could even save for Mania, you know? Like, that's a really fun match. And I think it finally gives Rhea Ripley something to sink her teeth into. Um, Other than Dominic? Well, we don't know because they haven't shown any of that. Let me, real quick, because I know I, I touched on this every time we talk about them. But here's my issue with that. Dominic's entire presentation so far, since he's since he's debuted, has been, he's a child, right? So by them not showing any actual physical intimacy between Dominic and Rhea, it's like, oh, he's just a kid who, you know, thinks this girl might like him and therefore is like, yeah, I'm a bad guy now, Dad. It's like, show something. Maybe they should have done some kind of thing where it was like they were all like catering and she sat down at the same table. <laughs> and he's like, she's my girlfriend now. I'm like, those pathetic people. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really ridiculous. And I think they could fix that story in some ways. But I, I enjoyed this match a lot. It was I, a good story. They did more than I thought they would. It's the most airtime Finn Balor's gotten in God knows long, long. Yeah. So good stuff all around. I will say one of my negatives that comes out of this though is the story's not over and I don't want to see more edge against judgment day stuff. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Yeah. You know? At this point we're we're establishing it would have been a full year. Yeah. Practically. I don't want this to be mania. If edge's career is going to end next year, I really, really hope that for however long he's got after this judgment day angle, that he just puts on like straight banger, straight bangers, like because this has not been the best comeback run, and a lot of that stuff's out of his control. But they can do better. I would much rather him have a series of feuds that are one month long, and he puts everything into those four weeks, than to have like two feuds that last three months apiece. Reading this thing here from Ted, Dominic and Rhea reading each other's love notes to each other at the same time at the lunch table. <laughs> no, but that's the problem is Rhea Ripley isn't presented like a child. No. 
Dom is. <laughs> Still saying that he needs to change his name to Subbanik just to go along with it. So Edge is the loser of this match, and you know Beth gets a concerto, and we move on to the main event of the night: the Fight Pit match between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Daniel Cormier, special guest referee. Did you know that Daniel Cormier didn't beat John Jones, but Matt Riddle beat John Jones twice in high school? I did. I wrote that article this morning. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Smith knows, and he gave that. To Michael Cole. <laughs> Cole very casually said it. That's the thing that he had alluded to that the uh, the Triple H was like, oh, just give that note to Cole over the weekend. I love that. Yeah, so <laughs> that just was like, hey, here's the thing, you know. Um, big fan, of course, of the heartbeat sound. Anytime that the cage is lowering and they do the whole dum 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 I'm always like, ah, this is making that sound so much cooler. It was a solid match where they did one spot where I was like, oh man, one of them, if not both are injured when riddle jumped off the top of the catwalk area, he fucking slipped and hit the, the, uh, senton while slipping. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was rough. The smack from, uh, when he fell on Rollins, I was like, all right, Rollins either fuck something up or riddle fuck something up or yeah, both of them did injury big time. Like, if not like a legitimate just injury, they're going to be out for a little while. They are going to be bruised to all hell. Riddle probably is going to not be able to perform all that well for a bit. You know, he's not going to be taking some bumps. I would assume if he is, then yeah, it's a tough bastard right there. But that was the worst part of the night for uh, like an injury based for me. And eventually Riddle just gets win with a kind of, Blah ending, I'll admit. It just sort of came out of nowhere. And not in like the oh my god, an RKO out of nowhere, a super kick out of nowhere kind of way. It was just sort of Oh look at that, he's tapping. Okay. Well, I thought that they were gonna do RKO off the platform. And he ends up RKOing him on the platform, and Rollins just sort of slumps over. And that's when he hits the the crazy senton. And then Rollins keeps fighting. And he hits a couple power bombs, but Riddle's able to counter while he's in the power bomb position into a triangle, and Rollins just sort of casually taps. I enjoyed this a lot. I thought DC was a bit of a distraction in the beginning. Yeah. Because they would both kind of push him or something, and he would wait till they were already on top of their opponent to pull them off and go, Hey, you're supposed to be fighting him, not me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I thought that was a little distracting in the beginning. Um, I enjoyed the tap out. I enjoyed Rollins' RVD gear. I enjoyed the pedigree on the platform. I enjoyed 90% of this, and nobody will ever remember it because the only thing that will <laughs> ever be remembered from this night is the aftermath of this match, which was the White Rabbit reveal. Yeah, Frankie's saying the match suffered because everybody was just waiting for White Rabbit. Brandon's saying, I thought the match was kind of lame, honestly. Sniper pointing out, everybody just kept chanting for Wyatt. That's basically what the takeaway was here, was Riddle is momentarily celebrating his victory, and the lights go out. And everybody's like, all right, here's the real main event. What's going on with this White Wabbit? White, white wow, I was going to say White Wabbit. 
<laughs> that well, is terrible. Uh, the uh, white rabbit thing. <laughs> the white rabbit is uh, not really like a rabbit. It's it's something, but it's uh, what we get so is we got a lot. We got a lot kind of all jumped together where the lights go out. Michael Cole's asking if they're still on the air. And I was thinking at the time, I'm like, oh, is Drew McIntyre going to start singing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fireflies light up their phones. And we've got the song playing. He's got the whole world in his hands. So if you're still on the fence, which most of us were all like, all right, it's probably Bray Wyatt. Then that was the yes, it definitely is. Because we're not going to do that and do somebody else. It's not like we're going to have... You know, the lights go out and the phones go out and Bray Wyatt is singing the song (laughs) and whatever. And then, hey, look at that, everybody. Steve Blackman's back out. Yeah. (laughs) Eric Rowan. Yeah. So then they start showing people in the crowd that are dressed up as Huskus the Pig Boy, Mercy the Buzzard, Rambling Rabbit, I Be the Witch. And The Fiend is shown, too. Yeah, which I thought was good. And then... They cut to the Firefly Funhouse. The puppets are all covered in these like cobwebs and everything, and that's run down and beat the shit. Somebody in a mask pops up on the screen, mumbles something. I couldn't. Who killed the world? You did. Who killed the world? You did. Okay. I, all I heard was, <laughs> and I'm like, eh, it was I'm the not. first uh, white rabbit QR code. Yeah. So that person comes out, takes the mask off, holding a blue lantern. Hold Spray on. Wyatt he came out of the door that is very Alice in Wonderland. The door he came out of good stuff. Just it, it was so layered. We're, we're running through it, but it was so layered. And I enjoyed the fiend being in the crowd because I'm like, good. Because personally, was it a merch mover? Absolutely. I think that the fiend run should maybe be swept under the rug. Not completely forgotten, but like, let's I don't- try to salvage. Yeah, I don't want him to be coming out and wrestling as the Fiend. I want him to be Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and like there, there's nothing wrong with that. He can pull out the Fiend if he really, really needs to. But like, I, I'm hoping that this is just back to Bray Wyatt. You know, a different evolution of Bray Wyatt, and we can kind of get him going again. Like, it, it's so clear when people see his stuff. That he is beloved. He's a character people want to get behind. He's a character people want to see. But I said this before. It's nine. It's been nine years. And we weren't talking about The Undertaker nine years into his career. Oh, maybe they'll get it right this time. Yeah. Undertaker started off immediately a big deal. And it took him some time to, you know, work out the kinks and everything. Remember, he got started off as somebody coming in from Ted DiBiase on Survivor Series and got brother love and everything. You start getting Paul Bearer added into the mix. And they finally tweak the idea that, hey, maybe he's probably a baby face instead of a heel. And, you know, you've got your feuds with these early people like nobody fucking remembers. If you're talking about the streak, Jimmy Snuka or... Yeah, like nobody's going to say their favorite game. streak match was the Jake Roberts one. Yeah, Kung Bundy. They're not going to do that. They're going to go straight to, like, pretty much probably starting at the Diesel uh, one. Yeah, like, I, I just think that Bray Wyatt, 
needs to it needs to click. And I'm hoping that we find out somewhere that yeah, it really was all this this Vince and it was all Vince. And like he has a great run because he's such a good character. He's got so much charisma, he's got so much lore. If you just list off Bray Wyatt's WrestleMania's and it's a fucking who's who. You know, like nobody's had the run he's had and they've still managed to, to fumble the ball every step of the way. So hopefully now, maybe, you know, they, they learned over the last couple of years that they need main event guys like this and maybe he can actually start to have a bit of a run. So for those that are wondering, how do I feel? <laughs> Fool me once. Listen. <laughs> no, 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 stopping you. Okay. I thought because- that this was fun. This is cool. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade or whatever old timey phrase that they used to use. I don't know. It could be some kind of, uh, you know, the, the sky's dancing on a salt mine or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But I will say how many times has there been something with Bray Wyatt that has seemed like a cool new twist only for it to not work out. I am not going to buy into it until they prove to me that there is something different. So if this ends up being eight fucking months of it's coming, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. And then we get something like we've done in the past. I'm going to just go. I fucking told you so. (laughs) Okay. But I am assuming that now that triple H is in charge, we're not going to get that sort of, throw it out and we're just going to figure something else out mentality. Cause I think that that's probably the biggest thing that screwed over Bray Wyatt. Now I do still hold the opinion that like bell to bell Bray Wyatt wasn't one of my more favorite performers in the sense that, Oh, you put him against anybody is going to have a great match, but there was potential. There was always potential there. And I, I want, to be in a position like I've been in the past with some other people like Daniel Bryan, where I was like, I'm not seeing it. And then eventually I saw it or with Seamus, like we were mentioning earlier, where it was like, why is this guy at the top? He doesn't deserve to. And then eventually he reaches a point where I go, yeah, you know what? Give him all the belts. And you know, I really like him. He needs to prove it before I'm willing to just go. Yeah. Okay. Everything's good now and it's going to be great. And I'm going to believe it all. There's been way too many years worth of trust me, and then it fails. All right. So let me ask you this. Are you more into this, more optimistic about this than you were at SummerSlam 2019 when you saw The Fiend? Yes. Okay. And you know what? I will agree with you because, yes, while the Fiend presentation was cool, overall, I think that became a crutch on the character that he didn't need. And I'm hoping that this will be not like the swamp, you know, you can't go back 
completely. But I'd be kind of into that kind of Bray Wyatt with, you know, the kind of added spookiness. And there, there's a lot, there's a lot of meat on the bone for this character, because you've got Randy Burnham alive, you've got the Rollins shit that they both want another shot at, you know, you've got Bliss. Who needs to address that in order for her to move on? You've got Braun Strowman. There's so much for this character to do that if you just allow it to happen, you have, I can name you at least like six main event programs that you have without even bringing anybody back. You know? See, I go in a different direction. I don't want them to address any of those things because i think that they were so bad that i'm like i want alexa to be as far away from this as possible because i don't like fiend alexa but she can't be when she's still carrying around the doll i want them to just be like look now that we got bray wyatt back you can't carry around that doll anymore they're not going to do that when the doll is selling merchandise (laughs) that's yeah if i were in charge i'd be like fuck that doll who cares by the way i I love that the chat never had the doll come back like when yeah. Charlotte ripped it up, I would have been like, and we never spoke about it again. That's what I would have done too. I love the chat having Marco with no Tony, no. And then there's boo Tony throw tomatoes. Yeah, no, like we're, I'm not letting you do this. But I, Ted's got it. He's like, I knew it. Tony wasn't going to care. Philly's advanced, so you can't ruin my night. Tony will you take sh- your tomatoes and make ketchup. No, you shit on the fiend. And credit to you, you were right. I was just going to say, have I been wrong? <laughs> I refuse to let you be right about this one. Okay? Bray Wyatt. This this era of Wyatt, if nothing else, and I said this to you off air, if nothing else, this comeback is going to get played for forever. This was such a good moment of WWE production value, shining. Everything was completely shining here. And I think ultimately... And this is why when we talked about Wyndham outside of WWE, we couldn't really find a spot for him. Yeah, because he's a WWE superstar. It's because of this exact thing. He's got a lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. At some point, you need the budget behind those ideas. And there's only one place to go. And also, you know, they blur the lines and everything, but we know the truth. There's a difference between AEW, NWA, Impact, et cetera, et cetera, and WWE in the sense that WWE is sports entertainment. A lot of the other ones are professional wrestling. And AEW is sports entertainment. Yeah, AEW is more leaning towards the direction of I'm a guy, I do these moves. Aren't you interested in watching what happens between the ring ropes? And, you know, something like Impact is like, hey, we're a little bit of everything, but none of the things we do is actually all that great. <laughs> I think Wyndham could have popped up in Impact. I, I, I saw him more there than anywhere else because they were, they're more gimmicky they like that. Done, they would have done it. They've done like, you know, the, the hardy matches that were the crazy matches and everything at the compound. NWA, of course, would have been an absolute no-go because they're just old school wrestling. We got this big sweaty guy and he does a headlock isn't it great is the world champion right now 
yeah see exactly (laughs) but wwe is very much the pomp and circumstance and we're going to give you these vignettes that are going to explore your character and everything so this is the spot for him that we know that made him a deal was freddie prince jr who is Um, trying to have a cinematic kind of wrestling show yeah we have no clue what his promotion's even called let alone what the presentation's going to be cuz i mean look at something like wow that is a different wrestling show than monday night raw it it's just weird. is look it's, let me put it to you this way it's fun to watch as a throwaway hour but like it's not something yeah. that i would recommend to a serious wrestling fan i haven't even bothered to watch it <laughs> i'm not planning on it glow the tv show was great but that was just you know a drama so it's not it's the same still thing. it's still very glow honestly but as far as Wyatt, I loved this. I'm different from you in that I think you absolutely need to address the Randy stuff. There's still so much there. But he won the fucking title at SummerSlam from Braun, Tony, and then Roman Reigns came in, and literally for the next 700 days, no one cared about anything but Roman Reigns. There's meat on the bone there. There's you know, the Braun Strowman stuff. There's there's a new character in Karrion Cross. See, that mm-hmm. is something that I'm more interested in. I want them to move on from, I don't want, like, Bray against Randy for the 15th time. I don't want Bray against Braun again, or for Alexa to turn into the dark thing again. I want them to just go, hey, what have we not done with the Fiend? Oh, sorry, Alexa, stop. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting that you can't talk around like like that around an echo dot. So I'm very clear to say bliss. Yeah, bliss is the better way of going. Um, I want them to go in the direction of hey, look, we haven't seen Wyatt versus Cross. We haven't seen Wyatt versus somebody like Dexter Loomis. We haven't seen. It doesn't even have to be those like darker characters. It could be what happens when you put him with somebody like. Uh no, I don't think so. So that'll be a fun one. Is it Drew McIntyre, another good option like that. Let me see what happens with uh I, Frankie, I saw before you were able to retract that message. Wyatt versus Garbanzo. <laughs> it's not the match that I would want. But Gargano, I agree. Wyatt versus Gargano can be fun. <laughs> I might have to start calling him Garbanzo now. <laughs> so Johnny Garbanzo. Johnny um, Garbanzo. You you've got <laughs> You got Champa. You got honestly, as a one-off, I'd like to see him face Gunther. Did he have a feud with Ray? No. If Ray's the masked Uber baby face, if, who could you know? I mean, he's a mania with Ray. If Ray feels like putting in the work for like a major match, he's he technically supposed to be like the king of mystery. That's what Ray Mysterio means. Not that he ever goes into that gimmick. Little side note that we're never going to talk about this again, I would assume. I always thought it was extremely weird. His WCW theme that, like, <laughs> oh, March the <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, threw me off. And it's like, well, just because he's Rey Mysterio doesn't mean that he's actually this kind of character that works with that. But, um, you know ca- what we haven't seen, and it's weird Finn Balor. Yeah, they did that, didn't they? They were supposed to do a match where it was the demon and Sister Abigail. They never did it because one of them got... 
It wasn't Ebola. What was it? Meningitis. And they never did it. Hmm. Yeah. So you, I, I thought that we just had it. I don't know. I, maybe I blocked it out of my brain. So you've got you've got that in in the Ted mentions Edge. You got Edge. Frankie mentions Edge too. Yeah. So like, there's a lot again. <laughs> the there's so much for this character. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much for this character. You know, honest to God, I don't even think maybe he did. He fight the New Day. I'm going to say the New Day, but I think he might have done that. Mm. It sounds a little familiar because like and the power then, of positivity. Like, it's been a while. Like there, there's a lot for this character to do. And I just think like it's only going to get better from here if you let it grow. Somebody had mentioned it earlier. Let me scroll up to see who had pitched it. Uh, Sniper. Real question, Raw or SmackDown, heel or face, first feud? Uh, it's tough for me to like pick a spot because to me, I still think we're in a, a time frame we're where the they... Where everybody's floating. Yeah, everybody's going back and forth and they feel like they need some kind of a draft to settle on that, but that they don't want to do it until after Mania. So they're just going to basically treat everybody as, ah, fuck it, they're just going to go between back and forth and then we'll settle it on later on. I'm going to assume Raw, though. Probably more so Raw, yeah. Because Raw needs people. Raw's also, yeah, three hours, so there's more of a chance that you could do some kind of shtick. Right. Yeah, SmackDown, they don't play as much into the sports thing as they could, probably, because they are, you know, Fox Sports and everything. They probably could just be like, hey, we got Ronda, we got Brock, we got all these other things that, you know, they've had, but they didn't really play as much into. But, you know, we can get bray against judgment day and do some stuff with damian priest and then that would be mostly of a raw thing we could get some stuff with like a kevin owens that would be kind of interesting i really yeah, see that we never got that match i'd be into that eventually we got to see cody as a match yeah that's a world title match i'm assuming that that's the case yeah but i don't want to see for instance for them to be like, well, you know, we don't really have anything for Omos to do, so let's do that. Uh, that's not one that would be coming to the end of my mind. And I don't want to see Wyatt up against Roman right now. I know that a lot of people would jump straight he to has that. To be at some point. That's probably the match that most people would go, oh, I'll just go like that. I'd be okay if he's on the babyface side of things, which we don't know yet. Could be a heel. I'd be okay with starting a feud with Baron Corbin. A little like softball feud. Corbin needs to toughen up before then. It's certainly not going to be with like maximum male models or with, I highly doubt that this isn't to crap on any of these people, but like you're not going to spend all this Bray Wyatt energy and give him a match with Riddick Moss or Ricochet or Shanky or Shinsuke Nakamura or would love to see him rehabbed. I don't think that's, that it would make sense for him to go against Gunther right now. As a one-off, I would love that. Oh, Bliss tweeted, "Hello, old friend." That's they need to they need to wrap that up. I'm sorry, Tony. I saw a giant Lily go after Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I need a payoff to that. I think if you need some kind of a payoff. 
he should just do like a firefly fun house type thing and be like this is my thought oh, on I that. Hope that that's dead i hope this is that like, even more than the fiend i hope uh, mr rogers bray wyatt never comes back i don't think that they're gonna do it but i mean like something in that vein of like promo wise you allude to it but you don't actually just continue because i'm not invested in watching alexa bliss under the spell of bray wyatt again no, but I Liv think Morgan and Seth's to... uh, Twitter accounts are black now. Are they? According Let's to the, the chat. Liv Morgan's definitely teasing something. Rollins has the United States title match, so I don't think he's teasing anything. Yeah, it is. It, Morgan's is, at least. Oh, it's completely, yeah, it's completely black for the, for the header and the photo. Interesting. Hmm. Is this is this a sign that that's something that's happening there? Could be. I mean, they did just have her laugh as she was getting her ass kicked, and you know, having this darker kind of edge. We know that she's a fan of the Harley Quinn character. Oh, by the way, you saw Black Phone, right? Yeah, good movie. That is it. The mask that he was wearing. I couldn't quite tell. It seemed like it was kind of a cross between that and like a rabbit. So I was thinking maybe it had sort of the same vibes as the uh, one from Donnie Darko. Yeah, very Donnie Darko. Yeah, we watched that movie. Go, go watch or watch along. We watched it with Caroline. We watched that. With a, yeah, man, I, we've done enough of these that I'm like, I forget which things have happened with that and which ones haven't. That's on fan tracks. Everybody go ahead and check that out. Fanboysanonymous.com. If you want us to watch some other movies like that too, then let us know. Um, Frankie's suggesting Sasha Banks and Naomi join him. No, I don't no. think that that would be the right way to go, no. but I would be curious at the very least how they would pull it off. Cause I would no. be like that. I can't imagine them having that sort of character, but I could see the Liv Morgan thing working out potentially. But again, I don't, I kind of like Bray Wyatt just as Bray Wyatt. And I don't know if he needs followers to to do any of those things. Peter's suggesting Liv could be Abby the Witch if they were to like, you know, kind of move people towards certain spots. If we're trying to figure out spots for them, I mean, I don't know who would be who would be who. Anybody stand out to you as like, ah, oh, that person's definitely Hoskus the pig boy. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> yeah, Otis is Hoskus. Otis the pig uh, boy. And uh, <laughs> for mercy, uh, you got Joe Gacy. See, now Joe Gacy is a guy that if they're going to give Bray Wyatt followers, I'm cool with them completely getting rid of schism and just being like, they're a subordinate thing for him. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Just put a Gacy could be Huskus. And, um, Zach Gibson, whatever his name is, uh, Rip Torn or something. Not Rip Torn. Uh, <laughs> Rip Torn. <laughs> Rip, uh, Rip Fowler. Fowler. I was going to say Farley. <laughs> I was like completely forgot this guy's name. Rip um, Fowler. He could be Mercy. And um, he could be, be Ramblin' Rabbit. Um, as far as Mercy, as far as uh, <laughs> Abby. <laughs> Who's Rip Taylor? Is that, is that a guy? Rip Taylor, someone else. 
I believe that's an actor. Let me see. Uh, Rip Taylor. Is he an old school guy? Did he have a, Danny, a Donnie Brook at any point? Oh, that's right. That's the guy that uh, pops up in the Jackass movies. <laughs> now I know him. <laughs> um, overall, the thumbs up for me on Wyatt. You're reserving your judgment. I appreciate that. I will not let you crap on this. You're not going to speak this one into existence. I've learned my lesson with you. I'm not allowing it to happen. <laughs> We're going to wait and see what happens here. But very, very good. So right now, going into Monday, we've got Ray Wyatt, The Bloodline, The Appearance of DX, and Seth Rollins potentially winning the United States title. That's a pretty stacked run to look forward to. Ted says no puns or wordplay tonight. I think we've had <laughs> some oh, of them already. We got quite a few in there. <laughs> Frank says, God, please don't listen to Tony. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not putting it out there as I want it to happen. I no, want to be you're wrong. Putting, you're putting it out there, and that's enough. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, boy who cried wolf, essentially. Or boy who cried rabbit. I don't know. Well, wolf. There was there was the wolves and the little pigs. By the way, when I sent you that picture that someone made of a uh, uh, pig flute, wind ham, it's like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> wind ham, yeah. Uh, for the, somebody else had said earlier, I forgot um, about Bo Dallas coming back. Maybe. Um, I don't know. If they need Probably more not. followers, then maybe. I'd be okay with him being part of it, but just because he's related to him, I don't know if that's really necessarily the best fit. They'd have to see like what those characters are going to be. If he was at like rambling rabbit and he's kind of filling that role. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Say his name three more times. He'll be in your dreams tonight. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Bo Dallas. Is that what we're going with? Believe. Just Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas. Let's see if I have a dream with that. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I am reserving some judgment, as I've said. I don't want to be happy about it and then go, damn it, they got me with this, you know. But I will say I am always, always willing to be proven wrong when I'm doubting something. And I want to be wrong on that. I want this to be the type of thing that come WrestleMania or whenever we get like you know some big things that come out of this that i go oh yeah look at that cool we finally got the type of character growth and good storylines and good matches that we were expecting all these years with with wyatt back and with rollins and with cody i feel like we finally have enough people that roman doesn't need those belts I don't want to hear of Roman Rug need the belt. No, they don't. They don't. Period. They don't. <laughs> they do not. At least one of them should just be split off. And the problem I have with that is they're not hinting at that being a thing at all. No. I mean, they got these new belts and we still haven't even seen them. So. You think they're waiting for Aftermania? Maybe. It's tough. I don't know. They, 
sometimes it seems like they've got a plan that it could end up being like, okay, well by the next pay-per-view, they're going to already do this. And then sometimes we just end up being like months down the line. And then suddenly, Hey, guess what? Tegan Ox is back or something. And you're like, wait, okay, that's a thing. <laughs> so we'll see. Frankie suggesting give it to Rollins. We'll see about that too. I mean, I thought by the end of this night that we would get some kind of an indication that Daniel Cormier is going to have a match at ground. I'm kind of good with him. Not I'm okay with it too. Yeah, I don't think that we saw anything from him that necessitates doing something. So if they do have a plan, they got to follow it up in some different way because they didn't hint to that at all during this night. And assuming everybody is healed and everybody's able to perform tomorrow and they don't have to switch plans up and everything, I'm curious about that United States title thing because that seems a little bit strange. But I don't know where you go because why it didn't interfere and cost Rollins and nothing happened with Cormier and he didn't attack Riddle. Nothing happened with that. Yeah. So at the very least, the curiosity of the fuck is this all about is something that is going to be heading into Monday night raw. And even though it feels like it should be tomorrow night because it's, you know, post pay-per-view, it's actually not until Monday. We got tomorrow where I'm going to hopefully sleep a little bit more because I haven't been sleeping all that much lately. Maybe Bo Dallas will be in my dream stuff. (laughs) I said his name earlier like that. Um, let's see what these final things in the chat are. Keep the UFC guys away. Every time they do fight pit, they should have a former fighter be the referee. I like that idea. I still think that they should call somebody like a Ken Shamrock, get him to pop up and do that. Ken Shamrock had the head set on Twitter that if he was going to referee, they were going to have to call it the lion's den. Uh, You're really going to be like WWE calls you up and you're like, no, you got to do that or else I'm not there. Come on. Well, I mean, he's just, he's tweeting yeah. that's twitter <laughs> uh yeah we'll see um but at least as far as extreme rules that's how he ended with the white rabbit turning into bray wyatt and question marks all around of where do we go from here we'll find out a little bit more on monday night raw and we'll start getting into all the build up to crown jewel that we haven't already gotten with uh, into with the logan paul stuff Question marks on that. We got Halloween Havoc coming up too. That's another pay-per-view and eventually Survivor Series. We got full gear for the AEW side of things. So we still have a couple more. We have four more events that are currently announced before the end of the year is up. And then, you know, start getting into 2023 and God knows what we have in store for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where it just says, sweet dreams, tones. Don't say I didn't warn you. Peter says, when do you ever sleep? And <laughs> Michael says he doesn't. Uh, well, the fact that my left eye has been twitching for the past two weeks. That's a, that's a good indicator of that. So, <laughs> yay. Anyway, Extreme Rules is in the bag, and I think it's better than it's being in the bucket of nut sacks. And on so, Friday, we're going to open the mailbag and answer aha, your questions. Look at that. Let's transition there. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we do have the mailbag coming up. We are going to do it live like this with the hot tag discussion Friday afternoon probably around like that two to three range. It's usually when we tend to record. So stay tuned for that. If we end up having some more information, we'll try to let you guys know, but that's currently the game plan. And I'm not sure if we're going to do anything else like as a main event, or if we're going to just do a dark cast, or if we're going to do both right now, there isn't a plan to do any specific main event, but I've got a lot of things on the back burner. Like I even started just on a whim earlier today, making up a, potential Mount Rushmore list of every era in WWE and an ECW one and a WCW one and the 
Mount Rushmore of commentators, Mount Rushmore of ring announcers and everything. So part of me was thinking, I don't know if you guys would be interested in this or not, since we just got this switch up of the commentary team, might be kind of fun to do Mount Rushmore of commentators, ring announcers and broadcast people like interviewers and all. Because be that's, that. that's a weird discussion that we couldn't do like a full hour on commentators, for instance. I mean, we probably could if we really wanted to, but like, we're not going to do a full hour's worth of the Mount Rushmore of ring announcers when we all know the Fink is number one, but we could get a portion of it and we can lump that all together as the Mount Rushmore of broadcast personnel in WWE. And there's, there's three other announcers that we can. I'm not going to spoil my list, but I had a list of seven. Obviously Fink is number one. No one's going to argue that. And yeah, I, I can think of at least a good five. Yeah, we got potential to do worst on those things. We got bests, whatever. So it might be like uh, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday, depending on if we get an opportunity to do anything at any other time. We'll have to play around with it. And maybe we get that this week and a dark cast and elsewhere. But at least the mailbag is coming up with the hot tags on Friday, currently on the uh, schedule. So if you want to send in your mailbag questions in advance, if you can't join us, go ahead and send them in. And we'll you know get around and talk about those on the show. If you're able to join us live, that's even better because then you can ask any kind of random question on the live chat. Reading some of these uh, in the chat as well here. There's a movie called See How They Run. It's a whodunit murder mystery starring Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell and Adrian Brody. Have you guys seen it or will you cover it on Fanboys? Uh, I've never heard about it, but um, Sam Rockwell and Adrian Brody. It sounds pretty cool. See what run? What's it called? See how they run. Huh. I've never heard of it until right now, but uh, I'm open to it. Does Sam Rockwell dance in it? Is it see how they dance? Because he dances in like every movie. <laughs> Matt Stryker wins worst commentator. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. I actually kind of like Matt Stryker, but he's not going to be on my. Uh, he's he's kind of mid. Like he wouldn't be on my best or worst. Yeah. Frankie says, I'm surprised he didn't go to extreme roles. Yeah, it's Philly, but I mean, I've been up in New York. And um, I mostly the friends of mine that were interested in going, they didn't really bother through to put in the effort for it uh, to be like, you know, hey, like we all want to get together and do this kind of thing. And I didn't really feel like going through the effort of doing it. So it ended up just kind of passing by. But um, Ted starring at Gorilla and Bobby, I will keep a a, a shush on that because it's pretty obvious that it's probably going to be them. <laughs> you know, But uh, we'll get to some of those things. I think that that might be a good game plan. That might be kind of fun. Just switch it up a little bit. And when's another opportunity for us to bring that out? I don't know. So we'll see. But if you are subscribed to the channel and you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you follow us on yeah, Amazon Music or Google Podcasts or whatever the hell you listen to us on, there's probably a million of those things out there. I get these comments. Uh, I mean, that's comments. There's emails every once in a while where it's like, hey, we've got a shitty new website that stole your podcast and we want you to create an account for it for like, I don't know, Wiper or something fucking name. And I'll be like, no, stop it. <laughs> I'm not giving you permission. There's too many avenues for people to find the podcast as it is. But if you have any preference, let me know. Maybe you're the type of person who's like, Stitcher's the best and you really like that. Um, Whatever it is. Uh, for, for whatever it's worth, if it's not YouTube, I'm a Spotify guy. That's all my music, all my podcasts. It's all Spotify. <laughs> that says, you want to put your podcast on LimeWire? <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe uh, Kazaa or Morpheus. Listen, <laughs> I don't think we need to go back to peer-to-peer streaming platforms. 
But you're um, welcome to put our podcast online, Mar. If I follow through with the way that people used to do it back in the day, most of the audio files would not actually be that. It would actually just be that stupid impression of Bill Clinton that you would end up getting. So I would always get like a, a stupid, which I'm guessing was a, a glitched out virus file of just like a random iPad, iPod, like the first era iPod and like all the time. <laughs> different era. Yeah. Different time. I don't miss some of those things. No, I don't. I, I swear it's the money adds up, but streaming platforms are so much better. <laughs> So if you obviously are subscribed to whatever it is, leave a comment, tell us your thoughts on things. If you listened to this show on YouTube, you got the comment section below where you can tell us your thoughts on what we were talking about and anything else you want to chime in about. Big thanks to everybody that joined us in the live chat tonight. Loved reading your comments and hanging out with you guys while we were doing this. Yeah, maybe we'll do a MindSpace thing too. And um, we will carry on with those things. But in the meantime, if you want to follow whatever else is happening, of course, go to smartcalmoment.com where eventually there's going to be an update on the WWE Fantasy League because Calm's not joining Calum us tonight. Won. He totally won. He definitely won the predictions for this. Because as soon as Bianca won, he won because I picked Bailey and, and I had Tony, picked, like, uh, picked Imperium. Yeah, I picked Imperium. So he got those correct. He's going to get the opportunity to take either bumping one of his people up double the amount of points or taking somebody else and lowering them half the amount of points. And then, you know, the point systems will carry on and he'll update that and stuff. So maybe the next spoiler, I'm losing. Tony's yeah. probably still winning. Maybe during the mailbag and hot tags, the bags and tags, maybe we'll end up having a little rundown of the fantasy league or something. Smartcomoma.com of course has the other weekly articles. And, you know, I said before I might write like a creative license thing up i might write up an article of hey this is what street fight should mean to me and this kind of thing maybe not i don't know we'll see but if you go to the website and you go to fanboysanonymous.com and you go to amangotree.com you see all those links and click on all those social media profiles and all like and follow and share all that stuff go to tony mango on facebook and twitter follow me over there been trying to tweet a little bit more and just be a little bit more, you know, vocal in that. So tweet back at me. Yeah, let's keep a discussion going. And uh check out that card that I put up. I found that poster uh before and we figured yes, out what the card was. Turns out the my thing from this past couple of weeks when we did that, and I'm like, the fuck's Julio Fantasco? Opener of one of the first matches that I had seen live. So uh goes to show how memorable that one was, but if you are following uh, what we've got going on, you're following me and whatever. You should also be following Rob. Yeah, you should be following me. Follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. And stay tuned for the eventual DudeFelice.com. It is real. I showed Tony. He can vouch for it. And that's going to be coming soon. And I'm going to be doing so much more of just my own random content. And I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully you all... Join me for the ride, but you should also be, of course, checking out Smart Guy Moment and the features, such as Digital Threat, which I participate in, and the Power Rankings, which Callum does every Saturday. But until then, we'll see you guys in the next one. Yep, that's it for us. And uh, we hope that you obviously enjoyed this. We hope you enjoy everything going forward that we got planned for you. And, you know, voice your opinions, hit the like button, do all that stuff. Let us know about that. 
But yeah, adios for now, everyone. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out.